Hello and welcome to Embassy City Church Podcast. This is a place where all people can experience the love of God through the Word of God. Our prayer is that you will be inspired and transformed. Thank you for joining us today. Real, real loud today. today. Louder today. today. The Holy Spirit, Spirit. is going to speak to me about kingdom culture versus secular culture. After today, I will know and fully understand that God has given me boldness, that God has given me a tenacity to never bow down to any idols in this culture. And so after today, I wish somebody would try to get me to turn my back on my God because I'm already ready, already to be and do what he's called me to do. Let's go. See, let's go. Daniel chapter number three. I'm reading the entire chapter and you are going to deal with it. All 30 verses is what I'm about to read. And for some of you all who have cheated a little bit on your morning devotionals this week, all I'm doing is catching you up. Okay, so I'm going to read all 30 verses and then we will go right into uh, what we came to do. If you're taking notes on this message, the title of this message is Fire Starters. I want to talk to you today about being a fire starter. Daniel chapter number three, verse number one. Here we go. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue, 90 feet tall and nine feet wide, and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. So all these officials came and stood before the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald shouted out, people of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, Harp, pipes, and other musical instruments bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, bow to the ground and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Some of the astrologers went to the king and informed on the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, long live the king. You issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage 
in order that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? We'll give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, ooh, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace and then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. Fly! And because the king, in his anger, had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell to the roaring flames. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement. Because ah! that's what you do when you jump up in amazement. And exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the fire, into the furnace? Y uh, uh, yes, your majesty, we, we, we certainly did. They replied, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted. I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach! Meshach! Abednego! Servants of the Most High God! Come out! Come here! So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell like smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any God except their own. Therefore, I make this decree, if any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb. The houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. Oh, this is so good. Fire starters. I want you to imagine 
Picking up where we left off last week, we have been conquered by another nation. We are now under another governmental system. Our way of life is being controlled by people who do not agree with the way that we want to live, the way that we want to worship, the way that we want to behave. In that secular culture, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, I do not call them by their slave names, have found themselves promoted in a secular culture. Promoted to, 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 to offices in the government that have given them influence, that have given them notoriety, that have given them some prestige. They work in a government that is diametrically opposed to their way of living and worshiping, yet they find themselves promoted in this secular system. They come to work every day, they scan their Babylonian badge to get into their offices. There are, there are policies and procedures that are, that are going across the land that, 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 that these three Hebrew boys, as employees of this government, don't particularly agree with. But because they have been placed in captivity and working in this environment, they are seeing some things that are going on in the land. While they don't agree with it, they are still a part of it. How many of you know that you can be pushed too far? Even when you're in a government that's opposed to the way that you believe, the way that you worship, the way that you want to behave. And it seems like Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah uh, found out what was about to happen with this gold statue that Nebuchadnezzar had erected. 90 feet tall nine feet wide, pure gold. It's amazing what happens when people have a big ego. It's amazing what happens when people get full of pride. They have to make themselves look bigger than they really are. When you get somebody that has a big ego or they're full of pride, they have to, they have to exaggerate who they are because they are not happy and content with themselves. Nebuchadnezzar knew that he couldn't grow to 90 feet tall. So he just built an image of himself that would be a little bit more an exaggeration of who he really was. He never is gonna have the purity in his heart of gold, so he makes an image of himself that is pure gold. And what he says to his, all of his officials and his magistrates is, listen, I want every country, nation, people group, creed, that we have conquered to bow down and view me as a God. And when we unveil this statue, I want everyone to bow down and worship me regardless of their race, regardless of the country of origin, regardless of their language. Let's get everybody to bow. Well, King, that's going to be really hard. Why would that be hard? Well, whenever you're trying to get different people groups to do the same thing, there's always, there's always a problem. There's a breakdown in the language. 
There's a breakdown in the ideologies. There's a breakdown in the philosophies of life. There's a breakdown uh, on a faith spectrum. It's always hard to get different types of people groups to come together. Well, do you have any suggestions of what we could do? Because they are conquered and whoever doesn't go by this edict will be burned in a blazing furnace. King, I got an idea. What's your idea? Let's put some music to it. Whenever you can't get people to agree, find a sound that they'll get down to. Whenever you can't get people to get on the same page, just find a certain chord, a certain sound. Every single generation that has ever hit planet Earth, we've always been able to find a sound to make the people get down. So let's find a certain sound and let's get everybody together. And instead of just trying to give them the instructions without the sound, let's get them to get the right sound first. If we can find the right groove with the harp, the right groove with the lyre, the right groove with the zither, I don't know what that is. If we can find the right groove, then we can get these people on the same page. The sound in and of itself is not a problem. But we got to make sure we get the right instructions to the sound. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but, but, but sound is powerful. Sound changes an atmosphere. And the enemy who was in charge of sound in heaven hits planet Earth with a device that he knows that is so intoxicating that he can move anybody and change their mood just if they get the right sound. Anybody in here know that, that, that sounds can change some stuff? Genres of music can change your mood. I'll I, I give you one for instance, like, like, like pop music. Pop music would change your mood. If you hear some good pop music, you like, yeah, I'm gonna wash these dishes now. I'm a that was a pot. That was a pot. I had to. Pop music will literally change your mood. It will pep you up. It will help you kind of get in the groove of what you want to do. The mood changes. Certain music. Rock and roll music. Rock and roll music will change your mood. If you want to get a good workout in, go listen to some rock and roll music. will change your whole mood. And you will literally be like, that's the kind of worship that I want to have at the gym. <laughs> Nobody has ever gone to the gym and put on their headphones 
and been like, and I will call upon you. Like no one's listening to oceans trying to bench press. It's not going to happen. Jazz music. Jazz would change your mood. You literally be like, you know what? I need to chill out, man. It's been a crazy week, you know. I just need to vibe tonight, man. Put the phone on Do Not Disturb. Get in my zone. Watch me something nice. Maybe make me some salmon with some saffron rice. Just chill out tonight. Jazz will relax you. It puts you in a relaxing mood. R&B music? R&B music will put you. In a mood. I mean, you will be like. I mean, it'll put you, before you even know what ha happened, your whole, your hip bone and everything did something that you didn't even ask it to do. It's just a mood that the music will put you in. Country music will put you in a mood. hate my ex. But I still love her mother-in-law. You will hate people that you didn't even know you hated. If the right mood hits you, the right music hits you. Hip-hop? Hip-hop will change your whole Change your whole mood. No lyrics. It'll change you. I mean, it's just the mood. Here's the thing. The sound is innocent. There's nothing wrong with the sounds. The sounds in itself, in and of itself are innocent until you add the instructions, the lyrics. See, the church has been afraid of sounds. They try to legislate the sounds. Gospel is our sound. Where'd it come from? We, we, we only listen to a certain type of sound in here. Well, listen, I believe that all the sounds can be redeemed. Because the sounds have never been the issue. 
it's the instruction, I'm sorry, the lyrics that have been the issue over the sounds that have made people do things, say things, think things that they wouldn't have thought if they had the right instructions coming over the sounds. Satan knows something about sounds. He knows sounds will put you in a mood. But he still needs the right instructions to be given over those sounds in order to make you to get down with whatever program he would like you to be involved in. Nebuchadnezzar and his guys got together and they said to themselves, let's find a sound. A sound. Make them get down. A sound to make them get down all the way to the ground. Just gotta find the right sound. If you find the right sound, we can turn that frown all the way upside down. Just gotta find the right sound. To make them have sex, I gotta find the right sound. To make them catch wreck, I gotta find the right sound. To make them disrespect, I gotta find the right sound. To make the homie flex, I gotta find the right sound. their faith maybe provoke a rape make them catch a case make them feel great I gotta find the right sound and they found one and we know we found one because when they start playing that sound Everybody, hundreds of thousands of people got down, except for three guys. I want you to imagine the sound is being played. Everybody has hit the floor. This is a great sound. I don't even like this guy, but man, I wouldn't even bow down to his statue, but this groove is so tight though. I would never be down here compromising my faith, but this beat though. And I, how did I even get down here? What are these instructions again? What am I even listening to? Oh, it doesn't matter now, it's on. I've heard it now, I can't get it out of my system. When I wake up, I'm listening to it. When I go to bed, I'm listening to it. In my car, I'm listening to it. Everybody's down. And these three boys are up. And they are literally standing there like this. Mm. And some of the workers in the Babylonian government see that these guys have not bowed down to the sound and worship King Nebuchadnezzar's statue. And they went and told Nebuchadnezzar 
There's some guys that are not bowing. Now here's the problem I have with this portion of the text. If everyone's supposed to be bowing, how do you know I'm not? Isn't it amazing that people that are supposed to be doing their own thing, always checking on you? What you doing? Well, what you doing? I thought you were supposed to be a believer. I thought you were supposed to be a deceiver. Why are you checking on me? They ran and tell Nebuchadnezzar, King, didn't you say that if people don't bow, you're gonna throw them in the, you're gonna throw them into the fiery furnace? And he was like, Yeah. Well, those three Hebrew boys that you got working up in here, you know they were jealous. Because they've been promoted over them. People of the kingdom culture were getting promoted over people of the secular culture. And they weren't compromising their integrity. And so you see these dudes over here? They are not believing in you. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And so, and so they were sitting there like, they were like, oh, oh my goodness. What? King Nebuchadnezzar said, bring them here. Bring them to me. They work here? Yes. And, 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 and they're mayors and, and top officials in my government? Yes. Bring them to me. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah walk straight up to King Nebuchadnezzar. Hello, sir. You good? Yeah, man. Uh, don't y'all work for me? Yes, sir. Wasn't this day on your calendar? Yes, sir. Weren't you in the planning meetings? Didn't you see the renderings of this structure I was going to build? Yes, sir. Weren't you in the room when we said that we're going to get this music together? and play it, and when we play it, everyone has to bow, including all the people that work here? Yes, sir. Oh. Oh, so you knew all that, and you still not gonna bow? No, sir. D do you remember what I told you I would do to you? If you don't bow? Yes, sir. Since you know, tell me. You said you would throw us in the fiery furnace. Exactly what I said. And so, and so you're not gonna bow. No, sir. Is something wrong with y'all? Haven't we been good to you? Don't your check come through every 15th and end of the month? Have I not done enough for you? That now you're gonna embarrass me like this in front of my people? I conquered you. Sir, listen, no disrespect, your majesty. I just want to tell you something about our God. You, you may not know his resume, but I do. Um, my God's resume is pretty extensive. God of the universe um, brought our people up and out of Egypt. Split a whole sea, dried up the ground. Let us walk over without getting stuck in the mud got to the other side and drowned all of our enemies because we were too weak to fight them. Took us through a wilderness period and didn't let our clothes wear out or the soles of our shoes break down. Then, starting with a place called Jericho, we began to conquer the promised land that was given to Abram. We were settled there for years. Now I know we've kind of gotten away from that king and that's why God gave you the power to overthrow Jehoiakim. 
Just want to make it clear to you, though. Our God is able to save us. From any situation you ever put us in. Now, this is where we start shouting, oh, amen, that's right, they have faith. But, but it's this next phrase that I like, that they, they put some sauce on this. The, the next phrase is what, is what separates church members from disciples. Mm -hmm. the, the next phrase is what separates cultural Christianity from, from, from the type of believers in Jesus that won't compromise their faith. See, 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 everybody in a convenient faith culture will always say what they will do as long as it's convenient. I'll never turn my back on God. You can't make me. Of course, you get to pray whenever you want. You get to go to church whenever you want. But, but, but let, the let, let, let the rules change. Let them start saying stuff like, any preachers preaching about Jesus will now be incarcerated. I want y'all to know, put some money on my books. I'm telling you that right now, because I'll be gone. It's this next phrase that changes everything. And Satan hates when you become the type of believer that takes on this phrase. Here's the phrase. But even if he doesn't, my God is able to deliver me, but even if he doesn't, I know that my God will always provide for me, but even if he doesn't, I, I, I want to get married, but, 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 but maybe I'll be single even if I don't get a man. I want the promotion on the job, but even if I don't get it. I would love to have a car, but even if I don't have one. I, I just want you to know that my faith is not conditional on my circumstances. When I made this, this declaration that I was going to ride with God, it, it was for life. For better or for worse, for richer or for poor. He never promised that I would not uh, go through persecution. He just promised I would, that he would be with me in it. Nebuchadnezzar's face got so distorted. Have you ever seen somebody distort their face? You, you, have you ever had your mama? Ever said something to your mom that you thought was respectful, but the way it had landed on her was utter disrespect? And her whole face just <laughs> Scripture says his face distorted so and he turned around and looked at them and he was like he got so angry because anger will make you do stuff that don't make no sense you're not gonna bow oh <laughs> you're not gonna bow you're trying to embarrass me I got something for you. Turn it up. Sir, turn it up. Turn what up? The fire. I want it seven times harder. Now here's how you know that anger will take you out of control and make you do stuff that makes no sense. If it's a fiery furnace and you gonna throw me in it, it's hot. If you turn it up seven times hotter, I'm not going to know the difference in the temperature if it's a furnace. Like, like, like if he had it like regular strength, right? You're going to throw me in, I'm going to be like, oh, it's hot. It's hot. It's hot. It's hot. I'm burning. I'm burning. I'm burning. I'm burning. I'm going to die, 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 die. 
as opposed to seven times hotter. It's real hot. Oh, you're not going to know. They turn it up seven, five, seven times hotter. They wrap these boys up. And they don't put up a fight. They don't start speaking in tongues. They don't ask for God to come deliver them. They ride it. They, they, they bow it. They're like, go ahead. Tie me up. You want front or the back? They tied them up. They started moving them close to the fire. And right when they were about to throw them in, <laughs> it's so funny. The guys that were going to throw them in, the fire was so hot that the guys that was about to throw them in, they burned up. So they just standing there. The enemies that threw them into the fire burned up, but they didn't. So they was just like, And they got in the fire and the ropes burned off, but they didn't burn up. The ropes burned off, but they didn't burn up. And they're just standing there for a minute, probably waiting to die. Like I would be waiting to burn up, waiting to feel the heat, something. They're standing in the middle of a fire furnace and Hananiah, yeah? You alive? Yeah. Azariah, yeah? You alive? Yeah. Oh, word, we alive. We're not burning up. What should we do? Because we can't come out. He put us in here. What you want to do? Well, since we ain't dead, we might as well walk around. And they start walking around in some stuff that should have burned them up. And as they're walking around, they start realizing that since this is a situation they're in, they might as well walk by faith on the inside of this in the same way they were walking by faith on the outside of this. And here's what they realize. The only things that were burning off of them are the things that were binding them. I don't know who this part is for, but some of you all are mad at the fiery furnace that you're in right now, but it's not meant to burn you up. It's just meant to burn up what's been holding you captive. So the generational curse is burning up in this fire. Your low self-esteem is burning up in this fire. Your, your, your anger is burning away in this fire. Everything that would hold you down. Your suicidal tendencies are burning up in this fire. Your unforgiveness is burning up in this fire. Everything that would try to hold you down is being, your poverty mentality is burning up in this fire. You might as well keep walking because you're not dead. What do you do when you're not dead? But the environment says you should be. You might as well walk it out. Just walking. Walking around in the furnace. And while they're walking around in the furnace, Nebuchadnezzar notices something that they can't notice. Because see, when you're in the middle of a situation, you can't understand it like the people looking from the outside in. 
from the inside out, you're like, I'm in a furnace, it's burning, I don't know when I'm gonna get out, I don't know how I'm gonna make it, I don't know how I'm gonna get through, but I just know that God, you have to be with me, because I should have been dead by now, and I'm not dead, so if I'm not dead, that means you must be doing something in this situation, I gotta wait to see what it's gonna look like. From the outside looking in, here's Nebuchadnezzar. Hey, where is Daniel? Daniel is in another part of the province, sir. He's not here right now. And, 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 and all our dudes that were gonna throw them in, they died, right? Chris did? He, he, burnt, he burnt up, didn't he? Chris is dead. Billy did? Oh man, I love Billy. I seen him down there. Oh, he did too. Is Gary dead? Gary did? No, oh, they all died. We did throw in three, right? Yes, sir, we threw in three. This one over here, he looks different from them other three. He looks like a god. I don't know who, I'm a god. I think I'm a god. I got a statue that says I'm a god. I put it on my Instagram. I put it on my IGTV. Only got four likes, but I, um. That's not a god. That, that's, that looks like a god. See, see, from the inside looking out, you don't know who's with you. From the outside looking in, everybody knows there's somebody else with you. From the inside out, you think you're alone. But from the outside in, here's how people are thinking about you. I know that girl should have been dead. All the stuff they've been through, somebody gotta be with them. I know that guy should have been lost his mind by now. Somebody must be with him because, because after all the stuff he's been through, he should be dead by now. There must be somebody. They're not that strong. They're, they're, they're not that gifted. They're not that smart. They should be gone by now. Somebody must be with them. I don't know who, who is with them. After a while, Nebuchadnezzar said, Shadrach! Bad to go. Come out. Yeah, y'all, come here. The same one that put him in called him out. Y'all think y'all next breakthrough is coming from God? It might be coming from someone evil. It might be coming from your boss that's been tormenting you. It might be coming from a, a relationship that you thought was broken forever. It might be coming from your father who you hate. He might be the one that calls you back home. 
to apologize about the hell he put you through. Shere, Meshach, Abednego, come out, come here. They come out. They walk out. Yes, sir. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine not being arrogant? Do you know what type of humility you got to have to come out of a fire and still be submitted? Because if I came out that fire, after the week I just had, wearing my Crenshaw t-shirt almost every single day, I'd have came out that fire like, ah, you thought, came out like yeah that's what I thought fool bet you won't try that again nebby <laughs> they came out just as humble as when they walked in they came out yes sir never can I just said okay all right sir maybe you was right maybe your God is the truth he started confessing their God. I'm going to still be a God, but I have to make a concession with some asterisks. Your God is pretty dope too. Because I don't even think I could go through that fire. Then the king. The king makes an edict. Hear ye, hear ye. Everybody in the land who's still on the ground with your butt up. When you bow to an idol, you're compromising your faith. And only people that are standing know what they're standing up against. I'm telling you, if you're gonna stand for God in a in a culture that bows down, you will see a lot of buts. I know you're saved, but you can't spend a night. I know you say you love the Lord, but it don't take that much. It don't take all that. I, I, I know you say that you love God and that, and that you're faithful to him, but but, but come on, man. I, I, I know you like to really wild out just a little bit. Anytime you take a stand for God, you're going to have to deal with a lot of people's butts. And they'll want to debate you. They'll want to argue with you. And you have to be able to stand firm in the midst of all those butts and say, yeah, I don't, I don't bow in this culture. I stand. He brought him out. He said, if anybody messes with these three boys... I will kill you. And it won't be by a fire. I will literally tear you limb from limb. Then he says something that I just think is amazing from a secular, a secular culture king. There is no God like the God <laughs> of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. I've never seen nothing like it. And then this is the thing that happens at the end that is just absolutely amazing to me. He promotes them. They went from being mayors to governors. 
because they were willing to get fired for what they believe. Some of y'all work in corporate America and you think you got to pray, pray, play by the corporate America rules, climb the corporate ladder, do the corporate politics. I would rather you have such a fidelity and tenacity for God that you could risk getting fired for them to rehire you and then promote you than from you then from you compromising your integrity because you think it will advance your career. You gotta remember as a believer, there are no ladders, there's only a hand. Promotion doesn't come from the east or west, it comes from God. He raises people up and he brings people down and he's never needed a ladder to do so. Let me shoot my three-pointer real quick and it will be done. Point number one, please write this down. If you're going to be a fire starter, refuse to worship idols. Plain and simple. Don't make an idol out of them. Don't make an idol out of you. I know you're cute and you got 4,800 selfies of yourself. Don't make an idol out of yourself. You're not that cute. Don't make anybody else that big of an idol in your life either. Don't put your boyfriend above them. Don't put your girlfriend above them. Don't put your husband above them. Don't put your spouse above them. Don't make anything bigger in your life than God should be in your life. Don't do idols. Point number two, please write this down. Refuse to let secular music move you. Now listen to me, I'm not coming after your playlist. I'm not trying to jump in your Spotify and tell you to purge it. I'm not coming after your Apple Music. But here's what I will say. You need to watch those instructions. Because the wrong instructions will get you to compromise your integrity or think about it so long, you might as well be doing it. Some of you all don't need any R&B music in your life right now, as good as it makes you feel, because you have nobody to express it with because you ain't married. So why let it all come in when you can't let none of it out? Selah. Every summer, one of my favorite things to do is to go to South Lake Square. Cheesecake Factory up there. I, 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 I store, Apple stores up there. Uh, 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 lots of shops. I like to sit right in the middle of the South Lake Square the first uh, three or four weeks of the month of May. Why, Tim? Because that's the time when everybody that lives in that area, all the teenagers get out of school. And those that have a driving permit, those that got a driver's license, 16, 17 years old, jump in their mom and dad's Escalades, fully loaded Suburbans, five, six deep, and cruise through South Lake Square, windows down, music up, bumping Tupac and Biggie, Snoop Dogg, and I am giggling incessantly I cannot stop laughing because I grew up in Inglewood, California, 
Nipsey Hussle died two miles from where I used to live. And I was fortunate enough to get out of that environment. Only to move to Texas. <laughs> Have the privilege to live in the suburbs and find some kids who are at the stop sign on the corner of Brio and Barnes and Nobles with a mean look on their face, bumping Dr. Dre. And I'm like, you're so cute and stupid. You in last two minutes in my hood. But the instructions in that music got them feeling the way that they've never even experienced. So they get out the car. Sup, fool? And I'm just praying that no 17-year-old ever tries me. Because for all the salvation that I have, there's about 8% hood that will let the homies know you about, you're not about this life. Music will change you. It'll change the way you walk, it'll change the way you talk. And before you know it, you got images and thoughts in your mind that you never thought possible, but you just like the beat. You just heard it on the radio. <laughs> just saw it in the video. <laughs> it would change you. He could keep playing stuff and pockets of this whole sanctuary would be like. Mm. <laughs> this is what I want you to know. Don't let it move you. When I listen to secular music, I'm listening for the instructions because I want to know what these artists are telling our culture because I'm going to have to find a sermon to fight it. I'll listen to all of them, every genre, because I want to know what's getting in, who's the influencers, what are they saying, what are they doing. Some of them are just making some really nice, happy music. There's nothing wrong with it. Everything got, ain't got to be Jehovah Jireh to the fifth dimension. But it shouldn't be music that's compromising your integrity to the fifth dimension either. So don't let secular music move you. Every generation has had a sound that has moved them. My grandparents' generation had a sound that would move them. My parents' generation had a sound that would move them. My generation has a sound that will move them. According to the studies, hip-hop music is the most influential genre on planet Earth. It is literally shaping governments. I'm not against the sound, but watch those instructions. Point number three, and then we're done. Refuse to bow down. Don't let the enemy trick you into putting your butt up. Yeah, I love God, but, you know, I go to church when I can. I mean, you know, I'm spiritual. I mean, but I don't be doing all that, though. 
Not, don't, don't let him, don't, don't, don't put the butt up. Stand up. If this is the life that you're going to live, stand up. If this is not the life you're going to live, then bow down. But don't do both here. I don't want your face up on Sunday, but your butt up on Monday. If you're going to stand up, stand up. Get in one of our Embassy City places. Don't do life alone. Find community. Don't make any excuses for it. Well, I have a hard time opening up. Get over yourself. Everybody has a hard time opening up. Be a big boy. Be a big girl. Put on your big girl panties. This is my mama's generation. She would say bloomers. Put on your big boy boxes and, and, and be who God has called you to be. Everybody in here has been through some pain. But we can get over it. So listen, next week is Easter. We're going to have a bunch of people in our church that have never been here before. I've already told the 11 o'clock service, I need half of y'all to go to the 9, half of y'all go to the, 11, uh, to the 1 o'clock, my favorite service, don't tell them. So we can just make some room for some people that are only going to be here. They only, they only think about going to church once a year. Our prayer is that something in this environment changes in the next week. That they won't come in here just, just once a year. That, that the Holy Spirit's ar arresting power will get them next week. And they'll go plan for the next year and God will tell them to come back to next, the next week and maybe God will do something significant in their lives. But ladies and gentlemen, this is literally how I've lived my life for the last 23 years. It has been Daniel 1, Daniel 3. I won't feed off the culture. And I refuse to bow down to it. If you would do the same, you might get fired. But you will be promoted. And God will do some significant things in your life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like more information on our church, please go to www.embassycity.com. We would love to hear from you. Our prayer is that you have been inspired and transformed. Have a wonderful day and come back again.